This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Toronto recently played host to the International Boat Show. The show featured quite a bit of technology from the electric boat world. Lawrence Gunther had a chance to attend the boat show, and he's the host of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. Hey, good morning, Lawrence. Nice to talk to you this morning. Dave, you hear this? That's my electric boat. That's that's your own personal electric boat. Don't worry, Lawrence. You, you'll get a chance to talk about your personal electric boat, but I I want to talk about the boat show more broadly yeah. first. Yeah. You know, it got you out of the comfy confines of Ottawa, Ontario. Why? Oh, like, God. what makes the boat show such a big deal? It's just huge, Dave. It's at the Toronto Exhibition Place. It's a ginormous center. Like, it's the biggest boat show in Canada, right? So everything's there. All the marina companies are there, all the boat manufacturers, the engine manufacturers, everyone who sells anything that has to do with boats. Personally, I went down there to for two things. One, to look at docks. I was looking at accessible docks. And that's a big thing because you can't just make an old crib and pile a dock on top of it anymore. You can't just make junk in the water and leave it there. You have to have things that come in and out and, and leave no trace, right? And that's docks. So they have all sorts of really cool docks now that roll in, roll out. And I was looking at electric boats. I'm always interested in electric propulsion. So what were they showing off? What were some of the really notable electric boat exhibits? Because at a car show now, pretty much everything's about electric electric cars. What about the boat side? Oh, yeah, they really put a big push on the electric side of boats. You know, there's a lot of lake associations now in and around Ontario and even across Canada. They say, hey, we don't want gas-powered boats on our small lake. It's stinky. It leaves oil slicks. You know, people spill fuel, oil leaks and things like that. They just want electric or paddle boats. So, you know, there's a big push there. There's a market there already, little pontoon boats, you know, with a small electric motors. You take your little after-dinner cruise around the lake, right? It's It's quiet. It doesn't smell. There's no noise. It's it's beautiful, and um, and then there's toys, right? Like electric cars. We're getting into faster electric boats. We're getting into fishing boats. We're getting into utility boats that are electric. Personally, I've had uh, electric engines on my boats now for well over fifteen years. Why'd you make that switch? I, it's not a, so much a switch. I mean, there are boats that I have that is just electric, like my blind fishing boat. You know, I started that in 2006, and it's just an electric boat. It's quiet. I can hear everything around me. It only weighs about 100 pounds altogether, and I can drive that myself legally and, and confidently. Oh. Oh. You know, <laughs> It's true, Dave. You can have a pleasure boat operator certificate as someone without sight. But, to, you know, what does that mean? You want, you have to be careful. And having a small electric boat that doesn't go fast, you can hear what's around you. And you're not going to get into trouble. As opposed to a gas boat, you can't hear anything when that motor's putting along. And uh, But I also, on every boat I have, I have an electric motor on the front. So the big motor gets me to where I want to go. And then that shuts off. 
We put the electric motor in and we do the rest of the next few hours just moving the boat around with the electric engine at the front of the boat. And these electric motors, Dave, they are state of the art. They have built in uh, a compass so you can just point it and it just keeps you going in that direction. It doesn't spin you around in circles. Or you can click on the anchor lock feature and it creates a satellite point. And every time your boat just drifts away a little bit, the electric motor responds and brings it right back to where you were. So you're always really, you're, it's almost like you're anchored, you know, mm. an anchor, you don't move around at all, but this is pretty close to it. And it's all done with the intelligence. It's, it's absolutely amazing. Lawrence, what's the bigger picture here? What's the prospect for the sector as a core? Like, as you're going to this show and people are thinking about the future of electric boats, what were some of the most amazing revelations that you came across? There's a company in Montreal that's making beautiful, big electric motors. They they sold 15 of their big electric cruise boats to uh, to Montreal for uh, tourism industry there. You can rent these boats. You can cruise up and down the uh, the St. Lawrence River into the Richelieu River, uh, you know, and, and that's pretty amazing for them to do that. They're, the Quebec government's investing in this company. You see other companies, that startups, you know, these engineers that are getting on ball on track with this. And now it's at the point where the big companies are starting to buy them out. Like Yamaha just bought out Torquedo. Torquedo is the number one electric boat uh, motor manufacturer for boats in the world if you uh, if you want an electric motor for your kayak that's it that's probably the number one is the torpedo so yamaha buying them out they're one of the top four outboard manufacturers in the world uh evinrude they stopped making gas powered outboard motors in 2020 and they said you know what we're not going to make any more gas ones we're going to the next time you hear from us it's going to be electric mercury just bought a company and they're they've got four electric boat uh motor options out there now and they had a big reveal at the boat show with the president of Brunswick Marine for for the for North America, these this is the biggest boat and motor manufacturer in the world, and they had a, an actual press release uh, showcasing their new electric motors. So yeah, there were some big players there. How much conversation was going on about the actual fuels that people are using for boats? I know at the New York boat show last week there was a lot of talk about hydrogen power. Oh, that would be the sweet thing for sure, right? You know, something that you can fuel up and you can go a long way. Look, the problem with right now, Dave, batteries weigh a lot, right? You know, a, a, a pickup truck, you can put 2,500 pounds of batteries in there if you want to go anywhere, any any distance. You put 2,500 pounds of batteries in a boat, you need a big boat, right? Mm -hmm. So every time you add a battery, you have to make the boat bigger. In the end, it doesn't matter how much, how big you make the boat you know, and how many batteries you put in it, you're only going to get an hour of full speed. And most people drive their boat at full speed. It's not like a car where you're just driving along at half speed, quarter speed. You know, when you start your boat and you're, you've got the lake in front of you and there's nothing around, you you pin the throttle, you, you, you go for it, right? You do that with an electric outboard, you're going to go in about an hour and then you're going to have to paddle back. Beyond being a great boater and a great fisherman, you are also the host of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. What's coming up on the next episode? Oh, wow. We just talked to this artist. He, you know, I like to talk to artists and see the world through their eyes, mm. right? And how do they get there? And how, you know, what's the process they're using to create their art? Because it's not like taking a picture. I'm photo, Photography can be art for sure. But, you know, when you take a brush and paint and you do something with that and, you, you know, you're really interpreting that and getting an understanding of what that is and having that description, it's just, uh, it really... Yeah, it's almost like you're seeing through their eyes. Super cool. Going outdoors and uh, getting that artistic feel with Lawrence. Love that one. Lawrence, have a great day. Thank you for this. Thanks, Dave.
That's Lawrence Gunther. He is the host of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. You can find that show Saturdays, 2.30 p.m. Eastern Time on AMI-audio. Coming up in 60 seconds, from the water to precipitation and the weather story of the day. But first, here is Canadian press reporter Karen Rebo with your Morning Business Minute. Tech stocks helped lead to an overall rise in Canada's main stock index in yesterday's trading. Toronto's TSX index gained 74 points to close at 21,200. New York's Dow Jones average surged 224 points and the Nasdaq climbed 172. In Tokyo this morning, the Nikkei index added 38 points and our dollar is trading overseas this morning at 74.58 cents US. Some pharmacare policy experts admit they're concerned about competition and pay Patient access to much-needed medication after Manulife announced its coverage of certain prescription drugs will only apply at Loblaw-owned pharmacies. The move affects 260 medications under Manulife's specialty drug program that treat ailments such as rheumatoid arthritis and cancer. The insurance company says moving to Loblaw exclusively, including Shoppers Drug Mart, will give patients more choice for pickup or delivery. From the Canadian Press Business Desk, I'm Karen Rebo. Oh, yes, I'm sure it's all about patient choice. Let's bring in Alex Smythe for the weather story of the day. Alex, precipitation on the West Coast. Yeah, Dave, it's uh, been a period of relentless rain in B.C., and that is set to continue with more rainfall warnings and special weather uh, advisories and alerts throughout the week. Today, however, offers a quick reprieve from all the moisture before it picks up again tomorrow. This is caused by an ongoing Pineapple Express weather event. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the term Pineapple Express, no, I'm not talking about the movie with Seth Rogen. It is a specific weather pattern that happens out in the Pacific Ocean where this warm mass of moisture comes from the Pacific and really just hammers the B.C coast. And so this has already been uh, um, kind of connected with intense heavy rains, but also flooding risks and mudslide and other kind of landslide uh, events. This system has already been uh, deadly because a snowmobiler uh, was killed this weekend due to an avalanche, which was spurred on by these intense weather conditions and this moisture. So the sheer volume of moisture is something that I really want to highlight because from Saturday to yesterday, parts of Vancouver Island saw 300 millimeters of rain. And that is set to continue because by the end of the day Thursday, some parts of the island, some parts of the uh, mainland could see an additional 125 millimeters of rain. So that really puts into perspective just to sheer amount of rainfall and moisture that they're expecting through this week. And obviously with that amount of rain comes huge risks when it comes to flooding, landslides, other issues, especially if you're up at elevation, because it's going to be a warmer weather pattern, there's going to be potential issues with more avalanche risks or other um, kind of issues around snow and ice in the region. So obviously take while only uh, be very cautious when you're out outdoors, out in areas where there is risk of flooding, landslides, if you're near bodies of water, be cautious. One piece of good news, however, 
as we go into the weekend and into next week, it should be a lot drier. So there is reprieve coming for those out in BC when it comes to the moisture, Dave. Right on. Thanks, Alex. Appreciate it. That is Thank Alex you. Smythe. You'll hear from Alex again in the second hour of the show. But coming up next, there are some programs and events encouraging children's growth through educational play. Community reporter Anna Kim highlights a few of them happening in Red Deer and Edmonton. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.